Welcome to episode 15 of SF Takes on Tourism. I am Daniel Schwartz, co-host with Hubertus Funke. Hubertus Funke, that's right. Hey, Daniel. How are you? How's, how's it going this week? It's going well. It's hump day and it's St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patrick's Day. Some things to be happy about. Right. So, um, so today, well, we got no guests. Don't don't turn off. Don't worry. We've still got a good episode for you. It's just the two of us. We're going to talk about some of the latest headlines in travel um, and what you need to know in what's affecting the travel industry. Uh, first up, the new stimulus package. When was that pa- last uh, last Friday? Was it? I think. Um, yeah, just a week ago. Just a week ago for a total of one point nine. Trillion, right? I got that right. $1.9 trillion. The American Rescue Plan, yes. The American Rescue Plan. So what's, what does this mean for travel? Uh, what's in it for the travel industry? I'm going to run through a couple of the highlights, and then you can chime in uh, with some commentary on them. So $350 billion to states and local governments. So we're basically bailing out all the states and local governments. And within that, they have explicit authority to allow to give and allow funds to aid the travel and tourism industry. So that's a nice chunk right right there. Um, $3 billion for the economic development administration grants, which I know we've applied to. I don't know whatever happened to those Um, with 25% of that aside for communities affected by job loss and travel and tourism. That's great. Um, It's extending the employee retention tax through the end of 2021. Um, Okay. $8 $8 billion in grants for airports with an $800 million set aside for airport concessionaires. I'm not mm-hmm. done yet. We'll go through these in a moment. $15 billion to airlines, airlines themselves, through the payroll support program. And there's a bunch of others, but I'll call one more out, which is $50 billion for improved testing and contact tracing capabilities, as well as $12.7 billion for a national vaccination program. Woo! So a lot of money being thrown, thrown around these days, and I think quite a bit in there for the travel industry. Um, quite a bit thinking, for the artists. What are you thinking? Well, I think, you know, honestly, I... I I, I think it's a good thing that it helps our industry. We also know that there's a lot of money that sits unclaimed at this point. So, um, and you mentioned the EDA, the Economic Development Administration grant. So we have not filed an application, but I think it's something that we plan to do now, now that we have a little bit more clarification as to what's really eligible in terms of programs that could be funded through, through the EDA. So I think for, for the travel industry and probably um, also for a lot of other industries, it's about kind of really navigating the fine print, so to speak, about what, what's really eligible and how you go about it and what you can claim and what you can use it again. So, um, but in, in all in all, I think it's, it's good news. I, I, I know it's a lot of money and a lot of people are concerned about the spending, um, but I think our industry has been decimated. So whatever... And whatever can be done to support the industry, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be a super foolproof system, probably. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of things that kind of are not managed well. Yeah. Um, but I think um, if, if really if it if it helps small businesses, if it helps restaurants, there's there's a there's a big injection in there for for restaurants, from what I understand, that helps restaurants. 
stay open. There's also money set aside for, you know, operators of venues. You know, that's another area that people sometimes don't think about, right? A lot of the, the, the venues, concert venues and that sort of thing. So where they haven't been able to have any performances or stay open for that matter, and they cannot rely on takeout or other things that, you know, at least restaurants could, could do um, as, a, as a transition. So I think all in all, it's good news. And I know that, uh, you know, entities like U.S. Travel have been fighting hard and lobbying a lot uh, to make sure that lawmakers understand what's at stake and that this industry needs a lot of help. Yeah. You know, first of all, obviously, a lot of this is going to go into the hands of people that are really hurting, which is fantastic. And, and a lot of it will go into the hands, into the pockets of people who may not be hurting as much, but may use this money to travel once they're vaccinated, once they're allowed to, uh, which will help the industry immensely as well. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's exciting for the industry. Even DMOs now are eligible, or they were eligible, but will continue to be eligible for some of the PPP loans. Uh, I want to call out a couple things. The $8 billion in grants for airports um, I was really excited to see this. You know, I remember Roger Dow over a year ago talking about the priorities at U.S. travel before COVID-19 hit and updating the airports and the infrastructure was one of them. So I got really excited to see this. But as I dug into it, it doesn't seem like it's actually for infrastructure. So, I mean, it sounds like there's a, more money for infrastructure that's part of this plan and may go to airports down the line. But I was a little bit disappointed that this isn't for the infrastructure and that this is more just to save jobs at airport. I mean, again, I'm not against saving jobs, but I wish that this would go to improving our nation's airport infrastructure because that is something that we badly need. Um, also, $15 billion to airlines through the payroll support program. You know, they've gotten a lot of slack. Um, my buddy on Bill Maher the other day was talking about how, you know, the airlines when they were doing super well the past five years before COVID-19, they, instead of reinvesting their money in capital programs and, and saving money in, in, term, in, in case they hit a crisis, they were putting the money into share buybacks and really giving it to the, to the shareholders. Um, and then when their crisis hit, oh, wait, now we're in big trouble. And so I think people can be a little bit critical. And I understand that attitude, you know, that capitalist attitude. But there's one thing I want to call out about the airline industry that, and why I think it's valid to save them is that without the airline, a healthy airline industry, travel is a lot more, more difficult. That is our infrastructure for travel. You know, if yeah. there aren't flights going places, people can't fly anywhere. People can't travel. So it's absolutely vital that we do have that airline infrastructure airline infrastructure in place. Uh, and so I'm really happy to see that the government will continue supporting the airlines. And I hope that the airlines somehow pay back the government for all this help um, in the years to come. Although, you know, I'm tempering those hopes. I agree with you, Daniel. And I think the fact that this light has been sort of put on the, on the airlines to really say, you know, have you, maybe it's time for you to rethink your business model, right? Maybe it's time for you to build long-term reserves that actually can help you if something, and it doesn't even have to be another pandemic necessarily, but another, you know, economic, uh, you know, blip could, could derail these airlines in a matter of, you know, that, and, and I think from a consumer perspective that has, and, and from a public perspective, really, that has um, highlighted the fact that maybe the business model needs to be looked at, right? Where, yes, of course, it's important to maintain these jobs, but, 
maybe like a lot of other companies and a lot of other small businesses, they need to think about long-term viability as well through crisis. I totally agree with Agreed. So I'm happy to see, um, honestly, I'm happy to see that that plan still also includes, not still, but includes um, a lot of money for vaccination programs and for for also testing capabilities, because I think we cannot forget, you know, we're still not out of this and it's going to, it's going to be a long road ahead of us. So um, this is really important to get um, to accelerate the vaccination programs in all areas of the country. And we see that that is not the case all around the world. So I think, you know, the more that can be done to really help accelerate and facilitate getting people vaccinated and getting them back to work and getting them back, um, you know, into life, um, the better it is for all of us in the long run. Where are, so right now with the vaccination rates uh, from one source, we're almost at 20% of the U.S. population has had at least one dose of the vaccine. Um, that is, that's pretty good. We're one of the best in, in the world, from what I understand. And we're currently administering over 2.2 million shots a day. So I think that's great news. And I think that's probably what's driving a lot of this demand that we've been seeing for travel these last few weeks. I, I think it's really, really good news. I, from what I've seen, I think the U.S. is in the top five, maybe top six of all countries in the world in terms of vaccination. Um, I may be wrong, so don't quote me on that, but I think it's, it's certainly up there. And this is a good sign, I think, because I, you know, we, I, this is going to be really, really important for, um, you know, for, for the economy, for, for travel, um, to really boost consumer sentiment, to have that, to have that additional layer of security, right. Where you, where you can be a little bit more carefree about how you, sort of move about. And so this is really, really good news. For example, in Europe, um, we see that that is not the case. Uh, mm-hmm. The UK is one of the few countries in Europe that is sort of leading the way there in terms of their um, vaccination program. But countries like Germany and France and others are, are lagging behind. And I know from friends and family that that is a big source of frustration. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's really um, something that, that will take a long time to, to yeah. Majority of the population vaccinated. Yeah, and we're seeing the impact and current travel sentiment. Over seventy percent of Americans dreamt or planned a trip in the past week, uh, and then the average number of leisure trips Americans are reporting they will take in twenty twenty one increased this week to three. So, the travel sentiment's going up exponentially. If you think back just a month ago, and also so uh, fresh off the press. And last Friday, the TSA screened 1,357,111 1, people on Friday. That's the most since last March 15th. Uh, mind you, that is still down 24% compared year over year. And this number is down 46% compared with the 2.5 million that crossed the same day two years ago. But that is a lot of people compared to where we were just months ago. A lot more people traveling. Uh, what do you make of this, Yves? So I think a couple of things. I think, A, it's spring break, right? I think that yeah. is part of that as well. Um, but you mentioned, yes, yeah, 70% of American travelers, this is according to destination analysts, um, um, you know, are, are dreaming or in that active planning stage now. This is as, as recent as of last week. So that number has, going, has been going up consistently. 
And what has happened also is that where we saw a lot of sort of that aspirational um, attitude last year, right, where people wanted to, to think and dream about travel, but they weren't really um, converting into making, you know, into, into making actual plans for travel. Now that number is really getting a little bit closer, meaning that a lot of people are actually actively searching for travel, but they're also converting meaning they're making plans, they're buying tickets, yeah. they're booking hotels. And again, I think that also speaks to maybe, you know, we're seeing the vaccinations going on really successfully across the United States. So I think that might be testament to the fact that people mm -hmm. are now in that mindset. Everybody wants to get out, right? Everybody around the world is keen on traveling. We know <laughs> that. That includes ourselves, I think. And um, so I think the more people have that, that, you know, outlook that they will get vaccinated or maybe they're already vaccinated, the easier it is to really convert those, those dreams about travel into actual travel plans. So that's, that's good news. Yeah. Uh, I know that the, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I, you know, I think it, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's extremely exciting, extremely encouraging. You know, nobody, has been more eager for travel to take off than us who are working in the tourism industry. We've been waiting months and we've been waiting over a year for tourism to recover, making recovery plans. So I'm so glad to see people out there. You know, I'm glad if you, if you go to the hotels, more people are staying in hotels, taking advantage of attractions, that destinations are opening up. Um, this is all great news and I hope that it continues. There's a small part of me though that is a little bit concerned. We're not out of this mess yet. Um, you know, the whole population is not vaccinated. And when I see states like Texas and Florida, like completely reopening, when I see these consistent numbers of TSA, of people going through TSA checkpoints, um, it just makes me a little concerned that, hey guys, we're almost there. Let's just be smart and wait a couple more months until we really let loose. Because people are, there is that pent up energy, pent up demand that I feel like once people get that switch, they're like, okay, I'm going 100%. And so I guess my feeling on that is as travel marketers, I think see, since we are the most excited about people traveling and we are literally promoting travel, I still think it is absolutely essential that we continue to use the messaging around safety protocols, that we double down on all that health, on all that health information that our suppliers have made available you know, that we lead in with the travel safely message and just remind people that, hey, you want, you want to come here, you, we want you to travel, but please do it safely and use tools such as like our travel, our safe travel plays at, at SF Travel, you know, like let's use that double down on that messaging because, yeah, I just don't want us to reverse and get into trouble and have another surge. I, I completely agree with you. And I think that's really, really important. I mean, the CDC still continues to be really, you know, to implore on people to be cautious, to not just go out and kind of let loose as you, you, as you so eloquently said it. And I think that's, that's an important part of your marketing messaging, right? And I think we've, we've done that in our reopening efforts and our opening campaigns to really appeal to people and say, you know, we're not out of this yet. But as we, if we continue to play our part, if we continue to do our part within all of this, um, that will help us to to get out of this quicker. And I, I I completely agree. And I think it should it should not be that short fix. Again, we all want to get out. We all want to enjoy ourselves. But 
we should not be fooled by the idea that, you know, everything is fine. And even if I have the vaccine, everything is going to be just fine because I can do whatever I want. That is just not the yeah. case. So I think a lot of unknowns. There's still so many unknowns. We, we have the variants that are still raging on all, all over the world. We don't really know what that will mean long term. So I think as destination marketers or, or marketers in general in, in travel and tourism, the safety message will continue to play a critical role and it should play a critical role. Yeah. And honestly, I would stay away from destinations that make you believe that everything is just back to normal because it's not. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, we're, I think we're, I, I think, I mean, I'm biased, but I think we as a destination, we, we convey that message. We obviously want to welcome people back, but A, we want to welcome them back when they are ready to travel. And if, the, if and when they are ready to travel, we also want them to adhere to the safety protocols that, we're, that we've, we as residents have adhered to and that we continue to adhere to. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, agreed. So well, last topic, we're, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I no, speaking of that, you know, we, um, what do you think about these um, vaccine or slash immunity passports that are popping up all over the place now? Yeah, this is a big topic. And the last one that we'll discuss today, man, I have been trying to digest this. I don't even know if I have any of my own thoughts yet. I've been reading so much about it and there, it is complicated. There are a lot of complex issues at play. My General feeling, to be honest, is that unfortunately, there's just too many problems, potential problems with it, that it's not going to be a consistent and useful tool. And if it is, then it'll cause a lot of controversy and uh, will, yeah, just, I, I think it'll come with a lot of problems. I think the attempts at it are great. I hope that a big organization like IATA can do one internationally. And I, what I really hope is that most of the world gets vaccinated. So even if there are some problems with it, it won't have a big, it won't have a big impact because we kind of have reached that herd immunity point or, you know, with the vaccine. But I really, I really don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, it just seems that they're riddled with issues, whether it's about equity, whether it's about fraud and privacy and, you know, Who's yeah. going to be like making that vaccine, which is scarce, even more valuable, which could lead to people, you know, doing unkosher things to try to cut the line or creating fake vaccine passports. And then there's this whole data issue. You know, all these countries asking for you to hand over all your data um, is a little uncomfortable for a lot of people and could see breaches of, of data as well. So I don't know. Where, where are you at on this? You know, <laughs> Probably similar spot. I, I think there there's a lot to think about, right? This is not just, first of all, when I first read it or or when it first sort of gained um, traction, I thought this is a great idea, right? This makes things even simpler. I mean, people, you know, you, it gives you access to things. But then I thought about it a little bit more. And I, I think it, it depends on what you look at. I, I totally agree with all of the issues that you mentioned. I think the data and privacy concerns are, are absolutely valid. Um, I initially, I think I was thinking more about, you know, countries or destinations that really rely on tourism that, that, that have been suffering so much for like Spain, for example, or, um, you know, I, I tend to gravitate towards Europe, but those, those countries come to mind, you know, Greece, Spain, 
Um, and I thought maybe that that would make it easier for for countries or destinations like 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 those um, to really manage right and manage sort of visitors and travel a little bit more easily. But then on the flip side, I could see there could be a lot of um, I'm not sure if I want to call it discrimination for yeah. those who are not vaccinated, but in fact, in fact, it is right. I mean, and and are, look at the countries that are going to get vaccinated more slowly. It's mostly poorer countries. Exactly. You know? So I, I I think there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of things to be thought about before that's implemented. I I I may be mistaken, but I think that's something that's already in motion in China. Um, right. And I think they they even had kind of like a similar um, sort of identification yeah. method last year. So not an easy one. I'm not sure. I'm a little you know, I'm a little. Divided well, I just want to add one last consideration. We don't know a lot about the vaccines. I, I I'm really trying to figure out. Can you and actually I can't figure it out because we don't know. Can you host the virus and, and, and transmit it to others with the vaccine and to what extent, you know, it's like, that is such a big question. That's still not answered. There are some that say, Oh, it's very difficult to do it, but it could be done. And then I've read other places that no, you can definitely transmit the virus even with it on. So everyone needs to wear masks. So that's another consideration that, you know, we just don't know that much about how the vaccine is going to work. And exactly. And that's why I, I, I'm looking at the vaccine as one component to get us back to hopefully where we were before, right? But I, I don't think it's the, the, the ultimate solution. It, it's not going to be. We also don't know whether or not you need a vaccine once a year or if it needs to be administered more frequently. You know, we, I mean, we're not medical professionals, but I think um, to that extent, I think it's great that vaccines are being rolled out in this country very efficiently and very, um, very quickly, considering, you know, that you're looking at like 320 plus million people, um, I mean, eligible, well, including yeah. everybody, that would be everybody, but um, so, but I think that's, it's, it's, it's certainly not going to be, in my opinion, it's not going to be the, the ultimate, you know, solution to all, to all of this, but it's, it's going to help. And I think that's important. So, and yes, as far as this passport is concerned, I think there's there's going to be more down the line where we will see how that will sort of play out if it makes sense. Um, but in the meantime, I'm I'm hoping that all of us will get vaccinated soon. I hope so as well. I hope so as well. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. No takeaways this week because we didn't have a guest. It's a new rule that I'm implementing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back soon with our next episode. We have some great guests lined up. So thanks for tuning in and see you again soon. Hubertus, have a wonderful weekend. You too. See you guys soon and stay safe. <laughs>